Well, we have a special treat for you this morning. I have a guest on the program, Lisa Gwen. Welcome to Healing Begins, folks. And I know you might be driving your car down the road or you might be sitting in your home working at work. I don't know where you're at, but this morning we're going to talk about Halloween and its origins. But before we do, I want to welcome Lisa Gwen to the program. Welcome, Lisa. Oh, thank you, Gail. It's a pleasure to be here. Would you like to share with them a little bit about what kind of the background of your life and where you've come from? Well, I was I was raised uh, in an order of religious practice that was not Christian uh, in a very abusive situation, looking for a way out, looking for a way not to be a victim. And don't you know that the enemy is right there with a lot of ways to make you feel like you're strong or you're getting better or you're healing um, or to entice you with power so you don't have to be the victim anymore and you can strike back. All of those issues coupled with this is the way it is, being taught that's the way it is. You serve the, the divine supreme master and the supreme master they were talking about was not the Lord Jesus Christ, was not Jehovah God, but was the Lucifer, the angel of light, uh, some people want to call him. Uh, but the light he has ain't no good light. It's false light. Yes. Oh, he has he has nothing good about him. So today, you know, Lisa Gwen, you used to work for the Dark Kingdom, and and, and I'm kind of like you. I never worked for the Dark Kingdom, but I never have liked Halloween. It was just one of those pagan holidays that just I can't even celebrate it. We don't put our light on our house. We don't give out candy. We don't do nothing on that holiday. So... Why don't you share with us a little bit the origin of like Halloween and then why we shouldn't practice it as be believers? Actually, Halloween has gone through a lot of different changes over the past couple of millennia. Um, originally, it was a pagan holiday to celebrate the harvest. And so they would do pagan rituals um, for in thankfulness for a good harvest and for a good planting in the spring. Uh, they chose the end of October as the end of the harvest season, the beginning of winter. Uh, now, what happened with that was um, because it was celebrating the harvest, they celebrated the harvest and gave thanks for the harvest to their pagan gods. And so those pagan rituals were not rituals of light. They often required sacrifice. Then, they, through the centuries, it became uh, a day of homage to the dead. All right? And part of that was trick-or-treating went from going from house to house to beg for candies and treats, and they would give them to you as homage to the dead. But then they began to dress up because they, they believed that that particular night, the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead were thin. Therefore, the veil between the worlds of the demonic and the physical were much thinner. So they would dress up in costumes to fool the demons. And that's where dressing up in the costumes came from. Then though they would show up as demons at people's doors, you know, as angels, demons, devils, whatever they were dressed up as. And it became, we're placating the demons. We are giving the demons something to placate them so that they won't play 
tricks on us because they believed that the demons would play tricks on the humans mm. on that night to trick them to take their soul. Now, every other, what's amazing is when you look back, it was originally Sandheim, it was All Saints Day. It's been called many, many things. It was sanctioned in and out of the Catholic Church in various forms along the way. Um, but the one thing that it all has in common is it's man attempting to placate the devil. It is man paying, playing to superstitions. It is uh, believing in a pagan practice enough to put your money behind it and your kids behind it. Now, what it means in the satanic kingdom is, yes, Sanheim is Halloween, is a powerful day in Satanism. It's not the most. Malchiel Mass happens to be the most. But everyone's acceptance of Halloween has actually made it a more powerful holiday. Mostly because what man gets behind in the earth that's spiritual, he strengthens. Why? Because we were created to rule and reign in the earth and have authority and take dominion in the earth, just like God has authority and dominion in heaven. Okay? So when we put our money, we put our time, we put our resources behind something pagan, we are actually sowing into the kingdom of darkness. And when you do that, there are repercussions. You, you know, you get what you sow. And the enemy is very good at taking and going, oh, you agreed with that. Oh, and little by little, it will draw you in to other areas of practice under the guise of entertainment or it's all just for fun. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of Christians view Halloween as. It's all just for fun. Everybody does it. It's just make-believe. Well, or it's just entertainment. Well, Colossians 3 says that if you are therefore risen with Christ, set your mind on things above where Christ is. And when you look in the original, that set your mind means entertain yourself with. All right, so that brings a whole new level of we need to be disciplined in what we choose to entertain ourselves with. And we want blessings in our finances? Don't sow into Halloween. Don't sow into candy to give away in the tradition of placating demons. Jesus took care of that. Mm -hmm. What are we saying to him when we practice that? What he did wasn't enough. Now, another thing that happens on Halloween, yes, there are children sacrificed around the world on Halloween by mostly fringe satanic, or I put that satanic in air quotes, fringe satanic organizations. A lot of pagan organizations also do the, the sacrifice. So I want to ask you, if you knew that a bunch of children were being ritually sacrificed one evening, would you pop some popcorn, dress up in dress up in costumes to celebrate it, and take your kids to the party? I don't think so. See, and that's the thing. Yeah. I think a lot of Christians don't even want to believe it happens. They want to like think, oh, this is a fun holiday. And they don't want to believe any of this stuff, Lisa. Well, they would also don't even look. If you want to take the spiritual ramifications out of it, do a study on the number of crimes committed Halloween. Okay? Anything that drives that up that readily, how can you say that's good? In any other thing, we would be outlawing it. Okay? Just the percentage of people that die in automobile accidents with no safety belts made us make it a law. Okay? We've made laws and out banned or outlawed other things that did not produce as much damage 
as this one holiday that everybody seems to want to jump into and never think about the ramifications of. But you sacrifice so much. And unfortunately, Christianity seems to be the one sect that doesn't seem to take it as seriously. I remember years ago, I was living in Los Angeles. I was down in the Wilshire District. Now the old Wilshire District in Los Angeles has a, a huge population of Hasidic Jews because it is the jewelry district and the Hasidic Jews are a lot of jewelers so that they have a whole community there. I was standing waiting for the light to change to cross the street when a gentleman, a Hasidic gentleman came by with his son and his son was, you know, dressed accordingly, a little black suit, he had the little curls in front of his ears, he had his cap on, his yarmulke, you know, we're standing there, we're waiting for the light to change and it was right before Halloween and I wanted to ask him a question. So I looked at this little boy and I said, are you looking forward to Halloween and, and getting lots of candy? And he looked at me and he looked at his, up at his father and he looked back at me and he said, no, I serve Jehovah. And I went, but all your friends will be getting candy. They'll be going door to door. They'll be dressing up in costumes. There'll be parties. And his only response again was, but I get to know Jehovah. See, we don't put that in the balance enough. Hmm. You know, when I first got saved, I had a lot of issues. I still had things that I fell back into. We all do. You still had your sin that was hanging on to you. You'd fall into it and you'd be like, Lord, I know you hate me because of this. And it was one day the Lord said, no, I don't hate you because you fall into sin. I hate sin because of what it does to you and me. See, that's God's mentality about us. He doesn't want anything to do anything or treat us in any way that's going to make us not want him. You know, but we don't stop and go, I don't want to do that because it's going to interfere with my relationship with him. I have so much more to gain with him because he's the true light. He's the true power, you know. He is the creator of all. He created Satan. It was Satan's choice to fall. But it's just like, you know, there's the old saying, you can go camp out all night long for tickets to your favorite rock star's concert, or you can go meet the guy and know the Lord who created the rock star. You know, which one's more important? Our values are out of whack. Well, you know, what really gets me is the church today now participates in Halloween. And let me share with you, some people are going to really disagree with me with what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. But when all you do is call it a harvest party or you're doing a truck or treat, to me, you're still participating in the same holiday. I know a lot of people don't want to believe it, but that's the way I feel about it. What hits my spirit with the harvest parties is substitution. You are telling the next generation, you are telling your children that the world out there is doing something this on this holiday, this, this day, that we think you're missing out on, so we're going to give you a substitute. No, what the world is doing is a substitute for the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ and Jehovah God, mm -hmm. period. Don't give your children a substitute. And kids are wise. Kids are wise. They're going to say, you tell us we got to serve God and 
we shouldn't do this because it's it's dark and we shouldn't do that because it's dark but we do Halloween you know so they see those little compromises we need to stop trying to make our kids fit in because they're not and the time now is fast approaching you cannot look at the events today and not see that we are close becoming closely approaching that time when we're going to be the outcasts we're going to be the ones that can't buy and sell there's going to be a dividing line and we need to make sure that our children are standing on the right side of that line and what makes them choose to go on the other side of the line are the compromises and are the things that we don't show that we value if you're grudgingly serving the Lord you're not teaching your children that that's the prize you're teaching them that that's the burden and Jesus said no my burden's light the thing that I that gets me is this it seems like the church is censoring even what they're preaching. So let me share with you. The church doesn't even, much of the church doesn't preach the truth no more. They will call something they call a lifestyle, but the Bible calls it sin. Right. All right. So there's a pastors really, they try to tiptoe around the tulips, and I'm not talking Holland tulips, but tiptoe around the tulips to get around certain biblical subjects because of what's going on in the world today and then they have not taught their people the truth about Halloween about what it stands for what happens that night I mean they don't they're not telling them the truth unfortunately a lot of we've become way too sensitive not wanting to offend anyone when Jesus said we're going to be an offense okay we need to come to grips with that we're going to be an offense but I can tell you that when after I got saved, well, before I got saved, actually, there was somebody that had the nerve to look at me and say, you know, if you don't get rid of the sin and the darkness that you're involved in, it is going to drag you down to hell. And the only way out of that is to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ and ask him to help you. Otherwise, you will end up in hell. You ever hear that from your Christian co-workers? When was the last time you actually heard it preached that way from a pulpit? Well, let me tell Not, you. <laughs> you're going to hell. But this is the truth. I want you to deal with it lovingly. I want you to know this truth because it's going to cost you your eternal soul. Let me tell you what I did sometime now. I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. Please don't do this if you're listening. So when I was first back with the Lord and on fire, and I'm still on fire, there was a young girl I knew living with her boyfriend. They were living in sin, living together. And I remember I went to her place of employment, went to talk to her and told her if she didn't repent, she's going to hell. And boy, the next day, the pastor of the church, he oh. called me. He got an earful from that gal. Man, she read him the riot act. He goes, you just can't do that, gal. Well, you Why know what? Well, you know what happened three months later? Same girl come up to me in church and grabbed me by the arm and said, I'm here to thank you for your message to me because it woke me up. And if you wouldn't have said it, I wouldn't have turned. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for bringing something good out of that. Boy, that pastor sure read me the riot act. But it's true. We want to tell people you can live in sin and go to heaven. That's not what my Bible teaches. 
Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. Yeah. And few there be who find it. And I will not ever celebrate that nasty Halloween. Because that's just what it is to me. It's nasty and I feel bad. And all these parents got their little kitties all dressed up doing trick-or-treat and don't realize what they're doing. People need to know the truth. And we need to remember, regardless of what that date says on the calendar, regardless of whether our country has made it a national holiday, it is still the day the Lord has made. It's his day. Yes. And don't let the enemy steal it from you. But I want to say again to that, you were being honest. And me, even in all the darkness I was in, the Lord had already orchestrated a number of things that made me start questioning everything I had been taught. Um, that I had been taught that Lucifer was the divine master. There was none more powerful to him than him. What spoke to me was that one person who spoke truth because, you know, I knew the counterfeit, I knew darkness, and I knew the difference of what she was saying. I heard the truth in that. And we have got to develop a thirst for the truth again, even if it goes contrary to what we want or what we think is popular. Do you remember John Paul Jackson? Oh, yes. He is a pretty amazing man of God. He, The witches in Salem really loved him because he would walk down their street and they got a restraining order on him because yeah. he freaked them out so bad because the light of Jesus coming from him. One day, though, the head witch of Salem called him and said he'd like to meet with him. I don't know if you know the story. I do. So I he do. has the witch over to his house. And the witch says, I'm sorry, I'd really like to look you in the face, but the light coming from you is so strong. So he goes, can I turn my back to you? So he goes on and he shares with John Paul that, you know, he once was a, a young Baptist man, felt called to the ministry, but they told him he wasn't good enough. Now, I, yeah. disclaimer here, I'm not saying anything against the Baptist, so please don't take right. that. But then he turned to the darkness and it eventually became the head witch of Salem. And John Paul had a really nice conversation with this young man. And then he goes, I want to curse you, but I just can't. And I thought it was amazing how the true light that was shining from John Paul was so bright. Even the witches hated it when he walked down the street. Now, to me, that's, that's a, a, like a funny story of how God works and what the true light does when it, when it, when it shows up. I remember one Halloween being in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada, and accidentally wandered out on the street and found myself in the middle of 300 witches in full dress up, <laughs> full garb. I'm like, oh, did I step into the wrong meeting? Oh, no. So I got off the street and got out of there. But um, there is no match to the true light. And if you celebrate Halloween, we're not condemning you. Please don't. Oh, no, no. Take that. We want to give you information because the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Maybe you've never heard of this. and Right. And if you haven't, then there's no shame. You know, you're only res you are responsible for what you know to do. And what you know to do is right. If you don't do it, it's a sin. But by and large, if you know something's wrong, if you do it, it's a sin. But if you've never heard this before and you never understood the ramifications, the spiritual ramifications of Sanheim and Halloween, then just from this moment on, just determine in your heart that it's the Lord's light, that those are things you're not going to want to sell your money into, your time, and your children. 
So why don't you say a prayer for people that have heard the truth today and they don't know what know what to think or maybe a prayer for protection over the kids, especially since this will air on the radio at 1 a.m., which is the perfect time. Ah, okay. Well, Lord, I pray for every person listening to this podcast, Lord, for those who knew about the history of Halloween, and I'm glad we didn't go into as much history because we want to deal with now, what we can do now, Lord. Keep us in the now with you. What are you saying to your children about this season and where they need to take their stand? And Lord, I pray that you would begin to orchestrate divine orchestrations, events, to take what has been said here today. You've said out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, every word should be established. Well, Lord, you have two witnesses here, Gail and I, but for a person's heart to change those two witnesses need to also be, one of those witnesses needs to be you, your voice, Holy Spirit. So I ask that you would orchestrate events in the next few days that would confirm what they have heard, that would cement in their heart a new revelation of this and how they are to stand and to raise their family. Lord, I pray that you would call up those who are prayer warriors. Maybe some of them have listened now and they're going, now I know what to pray for. Father, I pray for prayer meetings to spring up on Halloween night around the area. And perhaps a few will spring up just as a result of this podcast here. Open our eyes. Father, we know the the darkness is growing darker, but your light will shine brightest in the darkest room. And we know that things are being revealed. And we ask you for eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to discern in the days to come, that we may glorify you regardless of what the enemy is doing in the earth today. And Lord, I pray right now that on Halloween night, in every satanic ritual, mm-hmm. in every witch's ceremony, mm-hmm. I pray right now that you would send the light of heaven yes. to penetrate their rituals and ceremonies so they could not operate. Do for them. Lord, do I for know that this is airing at 1 a.m. in the morning. So I know this is a time where they celebrate and they do their rituals. And I pray that you would send the light, you would send the angels Mm -hmm. into their ceremony visibly and stop sacrifices, stop the ceremonies. And we ask us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm glad that you have chose to join us today. I know this has probably been a little eye-opening if you're hearing it for the first time over the radio or maybe later on as a podcast. But this is reality that nobody wants to talk about, but we want to talk about it. So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And may you always worship the one true God. His name is Jehovah and he loves you.